Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the Maze and Brew podcast here on MazeandBrew.com. Another post-game edition and one that I certainly didn't expect to be recording today. One that... I certainly think a lot of you didn't expect you to be listening to today. Uh, and I am team site producer, managing editor, Anthony Broom here with you again in a very, uh, how shall we say, different show than the one we did last week here. Um, what the hell was that? What was that? Listen. And let me give you a little insight into the pre-production process of this particular episode of our podcast series. Usually after the game, we do a quick game recap. We will do takeaways. We will do the quick little recap of Jim Harbaugh's press conference, which if you're looking for something juicy out of him today, I got nothing for you. And then after all that, I print out the box score. I kind of look over things and and see how everything played out. And I put together an outline. I put together a plan for how I think this show is going to go and how it's going to take place. Today, I have no outline. And I have no plan. Because your football team, our football team... Didn't seem to have much of a plan either. Or if they did, it didn't work very well. So maybe planning's just overrated. A loss 
to this Michigan State team? Are you kidding me? Loses to Rutgers 38-27 last week. Seven turnovers. You lose to this team at home? After what you did last week to Minnesota? And maybe that's the biggest takeaway. Maybe that's where we start today. Maybe Minnesota stinks and is terrible. You see what what they did on Friday night at Maryland? (laughs) All of the ingredients were in place after that game on Friday night to be concerned about how good Michigan was coming into this game. And buddy, let me tell you, I did not expect it to go like this. Michigan State wins 27-24. It really was it was close, but at the end of the game, it wasn't that close. Michigan scored a garbage time touchdown after taking pretty much five minutes off the clock and down two scores in a game where there was only six minutes left. There was not a sense of urgency today. There was not... There were no adjustments today. I mean, you got outcoached by a guy and a coaching staff. Outcoached, outplayed, outmanned in every single aspect of the game. By a staff and a team that has really only been together in pads for four weeks. Four and a half weeks. A staff that lost to Rutgers last week. An offense that couldn't take care of the football. Where was your pass rush today? I am... I'm trying to keep a level head about it, and I waited a little longer after the game to to get on here and record this. That is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. And to me, by far the lowest point of the Jim Harbaugh era at Michigan. Forget the blowouts against Ohio State, of which there have been many. Forget the game at Wisconsin last year. Forget the bowl games. Something that Jim Harbaugh teams have always done is take care of business against teams they were supposed to beat, especially as huge favorites. And when you stop doing that, and listen, I know this is a young football team. I know they're green in so many areas. But the team that took the field on Saturday afternoon in Ann Arbor is not the one we saw last week at Minnesota. And again, maybe we're just suckers and idiots and Minnesota, um, you know, you're playing against the cardboard cutouts. But I got to tell you, you start losing these types of games, Jim Harbaugh 1-6 in in home games against Michigan State and Ohio State, by the way. You start losing games like this, what are we doing here? This was bad. And I know people are probably coming on here, are you, are you going to call for Harbaugh to get fired? Are you going to call for them to clean house? Are you going to call for them to make changes? Listen, I mean, I. as far as Harbaugh goes, I'm going to use the man's quote against him and say, or or in favor of him here and say, right now there are bigger fish to fry. 
I mean, you Don Brown and his defense and their inability to to make adjustments and I mean, I know the penalties were bad. Some of the pass interferences were were questionable. Some of them were egregious. I mean, uh, Vincent Gray on the one. It's like the line from uh, A New Hope. You know, what did you, what do Wookies do when they lose? Or when Wookies lose, they rip your arm out of your socket. Michigan corners are grabby. They are. That's the way they're play. That's the way they're coached to play. And and this particular batch of guys, and this is no disrespect to the players themselves, they are not the athletes that Ambry Thomas, Vincent, or uh, Ambry Thomas, Lavert Hill, you know Jordan Lewis, David Long. You don't have a corner right now at the position that's athletic like that. So when you're getting beat on double moves by a freshman wide receiver, by the way, you just, they don't have the athletic ability to, to make back up for that. I mean, Rocky Lombardi, uh, you know, they were getting the ball out quick, and credit to him, you know, they, they did just enough. And in a lot of ways, this reminded me of the 2017 game where once Michigan State kind of was able to get out there and build up enough of a lead where they felt pretty good about themselves. They didn't need to make mistakes. They they really, honestly, for as hard as those guys, you know, we talked about them outplaying, out, out coaching Michigan, they kind of coached not to, not to lose. They didn't coach to win necessarily. Michigan had opportunities in this game. And, you know, where was the offense we saw last week? Running... You know, Michigan State's clogging up the middle. They wanted to stop the run. They weren't going to let you do the, you know, the Zach Charbonnet 70-yard run up the middle. That wasn't going to happen this week. And it seemed like the offense had a lot of success at attacking the edges. But it's just another example of, you know, hurling a desk chair at the line of scrimmage. You weren't getting anything there, but they kept going to it, and they wouldn't adjust until late in the game when you're down by two scores and you have to open it up a little bit. I didn't think Joe Milton was as good this week. And the stat line, I mean, 32 of 51, 300 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Certainly don't want to see that guy throw the ball 51 times. I mean, some fans might want to, but... You don't have wide receivers that can get open down the field, so this can't be the air raid like what people want to see. You know, this is a a West Coast, you know, power spread type of offense. But it's when someone needed to make a play, no one made no one could make a big play. I go back to the to the defense. I mean, no pass rush at all. Pay, Aiden Hutchinson are on milk jugs today. Didn't hear... I can't remember hearing anyone's name from defensive tackle position. Cam McGrone got hurt. Josh Ross was out of position sometimes. It seemed like once they moved Dax Hill to corner... Uh, some of those deep deep shots started to go away, and you know, again, 
he's athletic enough to turn around and make a play on the ball. I think Vincent Gray and Jamon Green can be good players, but you have to protect them a little bit. Those aren't 4-4-4-5 guys. You cannot put them on an island. And I mean, Rocky Lombardi didn't play. I mean, he was 17 for 32. I mean, if, if Justin Fields was playing quarterback today, they might have had 500 yards passing. And just no, no attempt to adjust at all is what bothers me. I don't know how much, how much longer you're going to do this song and dance on that side of the ball. It's been five years. I'm willing to give Josh Gaddis time and Joe Milton time. But this is what Michigan's defense, you know, when someone comes to play against them and they can't get to the quarterback, this is what they are. Uh, Gaddis is not without blame today. The Wildcat stuff. I don't understand. So here's the thing with the Wildcat. It sucks, and they should burn it. Just like they should have burned the uh, the two-quarterback stuff at, from the beginning of last year. If you're going to have a guy come into the game and take the snap, and he's a running threat, but then you're going to dial up a pass for him. Why is Joe Milton not just in the game? And that's a drive, too, where that's... Honestly, that stands out to me as the biggest drive of the game. Could have had seven, settle for three. And, and give give credit to Antoine Simmons for making a great play, too. Probably needed some more arc on that ball from Hassan Haskins. But Antoine Simmons was from right across the street at Ann Arbor Pioneer. His staff didn't want him. Or he wasn't interested, either way. Best player on the field for either team in this game. Very impressed with how he played. This this cutesy stuff, this smartest guy in the room stuff, I'll never understand it. Just run your offense. Something that was so impressive about the game last week was... Them just taking what Minnesota's defense gave them, which was nothing. Well, I should say was everything. They didn't stop anything. Take the look that the defense gives you and attack it. Early on in the game, you're going to try running running the ball up the middle. That's fine. You do you. But when it's not working and you're having success attacking the edges and you have... God, I mean, they're six deep at wide receiver with guys that can run. What are you doing? Drops were were bad today. And I get Joe Milton might be a little bit culpable on some of those. But you know what? Guess what? The guy throws a a fastball. You've been working with him for at least since August now. If you're not ready for it to come quick, that's on you. He wasn't perfect today. I get that. Quarterback's not the problem. Something that I thought was incredibly concerning 
was after the game. And that's the other reason I don't just press record when the game's done. You go into the press conferences. You want to hear what these guys have to say. So I can come here and not sound like an ass for not knowing what I'm talking about. I want to hear their words first. I believe it was Joe Milton. It was either Joe Milton or Hassan Haskins. I believe it was Joe. Said, no, we didn't really make adjustments during the game. We we stuck to the game plan. We just didn't execute well enough, which is true. And the offensive line was, I mean, again, I give credit to Michigan State. Defensive line came to play. Um, up front, I thought they played pretty well on both sides of the ball. But off, Michigan's offensive line, not great today. Not like last week. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I, I just... I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's pathetic. It's embarrassing. Honestly, now Michigan State came to play and played well. Didn't look like a well-coached team last week. Looked the very opposite of that this week. But let's not kid ourselves here. There is a chance this might be the only game this year that they win. And they're going to get Maryland and, and Northwestern and Iowa, I think, too, but... For as much as Michigan fans, I think some Michigan fans actually believe this when they say it. Huh, you know, I'd rather be one in eleven with a win over Ohio State than, you know, ten and two and lose to them, which has always been ridiculous to me. <laughs> but this might be that for Michigan State this year. 
that's a competitive football team, but that's not going to be a great football team this year. You were three score favorites over them. I don't know what to, I mean. I mean, you're six. I know you're a young team, and it's the second year of a new offense. But there's no excuse for this. There's not a single metric where there was, where this was should have been possible, other than you not showing up to play. And what I saw on Saturday was a team that read its press clippings this week. That's the team that lost. And the team that didn't read its press clippings, the, the press, including us at Mason Brew at other Michigan sites, people saying they sucked. Me in particular, I have crow to eat. I said I don't hate Mel Tucker. I still don't hate Mel Tucker. I said I felt sorry for him because what Mark D'Antonio left behind was a pile of ashes. But you know what else he left behind? A, a team and a group of kids that when they're in a rivalry game, you're going to be able to squeeze the best possible football out of them. And that wasn't the case for State last year. But that thing was obviously teetering by the time Michigan played them in November. Mel Tucker and his staff deserve credit. But man, oh man, they did a lot of things to to lose the game too. I mean, running, there was a sequence where they had a first and 20. They ran the ball on first down, second and 17, run the ball on second down, third and 15, run the ball on third down. Like what? This wasn't, you know, Urban Meyer and Ryan Day putting a spanking on you like they did in Columbus a couple years ago. You just weren't ready to play. And for as much talk as there was about, you know, this team is all one. This is a player-led uh, team now. We're poised. We're not going to let what happened to us last year happen again. Well, the, a week of goodwill is gone, and, and really all it is is you go from feeling like you have a chance to run the table going into the Ohio State game to... Now you're definitely not running the table going into the Ohio State game. And you're not eliminated from the Big Ten race. But it kind of feels like it. And that's that's two years in a row where before Halloween, the fan base's feelings of maybe we can get rolling heading into the last week of the year, it's gone. Before Halloween. This year just happens to be week two. I will say this, um, and maybe this is because Michigan State isn't that good and let Michigan hang around. I do think that Michigan's kids played hard, and they didn't give up. And the problem I have with kids playing hard in a game like this and not being rewarded for that is that coaches aren't putting them in the right position to succeed. Don Brown doesn't do that. He'll bully you. He'll bully the heck out of you if you're overmatched. But if someone counterpunches against his defense, 
doesn't go well. And again, any offense is going to have success when you're not able to get to their quarterback. But I'm curious if there's anyone out there that thinks that this program can turn a corner with, with Don Brown coordinating the defense because I don't see it. I'm sorry. And I know they, again, I'm not attacking the kids. They've got a roster full of, of good kids and talented players. But if you have, you know, you have a couple guys. I mean, Jamon Green was a high three-star, low four-star. Vincent Gray was a three-star, I believe. You know, at some point at that position, and they develop guys. I'll give them credit for that. But when push comes to shove and the athletes might be a little bit better on the other side, I need better results there. Mel Tucker at Michigan State come into the big house and win his first win at Michigan State. And I think this is what bothers me most about this rivalry and Michigan, Michigan's participation or what's happened with them over the years. Whenever MSU has lit a fire of success for their program, it's because you can't stay out of your own way. It's because you allow them to do that. It's because you overlook them. And I'm disappointed because the last few years, it felt like they got that fire back. The revenge tour year, uh, the, you know, the Devin Bush year where he rips up Sparty at midfield. That was fire that was back. Last year, they whooped on Michigan State. The fire was there. They took it seriously. And maybe shame on some of us. I mean, the things... People who say that these athletes should stay off social media and they don't pay attention to that, it's not true. It's 2020. We're all stuck in our homes, stuck in our dorms, stuck in our apartments. We're on social media. We see what, you know, they see what people say. We set, you know, a vibe is set. But I don't know what happened in that building this week, but uh, this is not the same football team we saw at Minnesota. And it's so, so, so disappointing. So I'm not going to sit here and say the season's over. um, But you're not beating Ohio State. They're not going to beat Ohio State. That's not me being negative. That's just calling it what it is. So you will have lost to both rivals you play this year one of which is depleted and should be a rebuilding year. All week, the narrative on Spartan social media, the narrative on radio is that, listen, uh, Mel Tucker's team is going to be overmatched. It's a weird year. We don't really care about it because this is kind of an exhibition season anyways. This year is a cash grab. I mean, it matters to the players and the coaches and whatnot, but what we're seeing happen this year, I mean, you see, you turn on the pregame shows on Saturday, you've got... Illinois had 15 guys out due to contract tracing for COVID. Wisconsin might go two or three weeks without playing. Trevor Lawrence is out with COVID. It's a weird year for sure. But it is, I will say this. It's funny how how the season matters. But you know what? 
any dunking from the you know Spartan Nation that Michigan fans get, you're just gonna have to take it. Just gonna have to take it. And there's no in terms of, I mean this like I said, this is easily easily I mean, wide gap between this and the next worst loss under Jim Harbaugh, which is that I mean, you know, really you sit down and think about it. We talk about the two blowouts against Ohio State these last uh, these last couple of years. 2018 is obviously up there. But I think this one and the 2016 Ohio State game, for me, those might be the two most painful, most hurtful. Because those are, those, let's face it, this program hasn't quite been the same since that 2016 game. That was a narrative changer. And this might be another narrative changer. Because if you can't win this type of game, why should we expect you to win the big one? And I like I like Jim Harbaugh. I think he's good for the he's good for the school. He's good for the community. But what are we doing here? A loss to Michigan State at home? Are you kidding me? I don't know, you guys. I mean, it's um, it's hard to wrap your head around. I wouldn't expect anything to change through the end of this year. And honestly, outside of maybe having a change at defensive coordinator, I don't think much of any, a lot really changes for next year either. I mean, you look at how this pandemic is affecting the country. I think it's probably a safe bet. I won't say a safe bet, but might there be a truncated offseason again next year? This program can't go through that right now. It's just a matter of figuring it out. And when you sit here and ask me, what's the biggest thing that went wrong for Michigan on Saturday? It's the fact that Rocky Lombardi was able to stand back in the pocket, close his eyes, and play 500 dead or or alive with your cornerbacks. It's the same stuff we've seen when the when this offense gets burned or when this defense gets burned. It's the same stuff we've seen for 5 years. And I don't I I'm there's no justification for it. There's no explanation for it. This loss isn't it's not Appalachian State. But it it's not probably not too far from it. Inexplicable, inexcusable. I just don't know how much longer what like I just don't know what's the end game here. I don't know. 
I'm out of answers. I'm out of things to say today. I don't want to get on here and yell and roast anyone or things like that, and I'm not going to. I'm not mad at the kids. I'm frustrated that they can't be put into better spots to succeed. Again. I can't and I won't be blindly loyal to that. I'm sorry. And if you're someone, and I mean this 100% with love, respect, all of that. If you're someone who still believes after a day like today that, that this staff can get it turned around, I just, I need to hear your explanation for that. And they'll be good. And they'll probably go out and win six or seven games this year of the nine games that they play. But if today showed anything, I mean, let's be honest. Let's look at this schedule the rest of the year. Outside of Rutgers, which, hey, Rutgers has a transitive victory over you now. Look at that schedule right now. And after the effort you saw today, you tell me who else they're beating this year. I got nothing. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. The only positive for today is that it it wasn't a night game. Don't have to go to bed angry. Was going to watch a a couple horror movies this evening. But maybe now I'm just going to build a fire and maybe hurl myself into it. (laughs) That's kind of where I'm at today. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Maze and Brew. Join our Discord server. A lot of fun stuff going on in there. Win, lose, or draw. Get our podcast wherever you get our shows. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Do have some fun stuff coming up this week that we're excited about. I hope you're able to remain excited about it. Hey, Michigan got a five-star in basketball on Friday. How about that? I tweet that out and people go, Well, let's... We're going to make sure he signs first. Which... Accurate. <laughs> Michigan State, 27-24 winners over the over the Wolverines on Saturday. Paul Bunyan is back in East Lansing. And you bet your ass that Mel Tucker will be using that on the recruiting trail. Be back with more podcasts this week. Looking forward to be back. Next time you'll hear me is with the Brewcast guys Monday night into Tuesday. Thanks for your time. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.